0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers.
1: installment of our quartet we see the world from the perspective of a different city with new concerns on the same problems of society hi i'm nicole
0: and i'm robin and let's get into our discussion of extras we have aya fuse her hover cam mogul brother hero his friend ren then we have the sly girls the leader of which is jai kai or lie trying to remember if she'd moved on to Mai by the time the book ended or not <laughs> Uh, I think maybe they just joked about that. And then we have Eden Maru, who is the only actually famous member of the Sly Girls. We have moderately famous person Frizz. Famous for his radical honesty. And then we have some reprised roles. We have Tally, Shay, Fausto, Andrew Simpson Smith, and David. Oh, Frizz. Okay, so Frizz kind of... Especially in line with our thesis, Frizz is not to blame for his own trauma. Uh, the author is the one who set him up for this, but in the narrative, Frizz set up the parameters for this, which I think makes this a particularly interesting one to discuss. Yeah. Frizz has a compulsion surgically implanted in his brain at his request to make him unable to lie. Did you have any opening thoughts about that?
1: Um, uh not a lot.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was the one who wanted to discuss this one, so I do have some thoughts. So, we are told that he set up the parameters for this surgery, but at the point that we meet him in this present moment, his body can literally betray him and the people around him, and spoiler alert, does. Yeah. <laughs> it does it does do that. We get to see that um, he does not have choice over his speech. To some degree, he has more limited freedom of thought than the people around him. Even thinking about th- think- thinking about treating lies as truth causes him to shake. He was, later on, he's really, really anxious when listening to the cutters, waiting to hear if they were going to lie about something where he knows the correct information. And then he was only able to relax when they technically told the truth. And, uh, but it's... It's weird because he's not telling the truth in the sense of technically correct is the best kind of correct. He's, it's in the sense that he can't mislead. He's not, he's not fey. He's not fey is how I would put it. He, he can't can't, mislead with truth.
1: No, no, he, he is bound, he is bound to the spirit of the law not the letter of the law so he cannot mislead he can't misdirect he can't omit in the sake for the sake of of anything other than brevity i really get the feeling
0: and he can use some idioms if the meaning is unambiguous yeah but there are moments where he starts to use an idiom and then corrects himself because I, I suppose as he was saying it, it felt true. And then he had this realization of, oh, no, that's not literally happening. That was a lie. I must correct. Yeah. To make sure that this does not uh, have a mistruth. Yeah. Or s- any kind of a lie in there. And so especially since this is something that he picked himself, uh... When we decided to discuss this, we discussed it, or we wanted to approach this not from the truth-telling end as the trauma, but from the compulsion, Mm -hmm. because there is more than one scene in the latter third of the book where he is trying to stop himself from speaking because he has been given too much information in light of his um, brain thing, and he's holding his hands over his mouth to try and not speak. <laughs> yeah. There's even a bit where he blurts out like they don't want me to talk to you, or something extremely close to that. Yeah.
1: It it's it's almost a it's almost that like the trauma is not the trauma is not the telling of the truth. It's the stress and anxiety and the compulsive correction and the stress that causes him when he does not compulsive, when he resists that compulsion, is the trauma that he goes under. Uh, He shakes. He, he, we don't see anything. We don't see anything in the book about him harming himself in any way. But there is one point where he's holding Aya's hand and he, and she, she like digs her fingers into his palm to like distract him basically. Like there, it's it's just a very, it's such a weird one because it's it's definitely a self-inflicted thing, but it's definitely something that he doesn't like. He doesn't see it as a trauma, but it also is literally his brain wired in a way to be upset and stressed if he or someone else near him is is not um, being honest.
0: And the bit that starts to make it feel harmful is. Like, if he himself were just unable to lie, that would be one thing. Yeah. But having this additional, like, compulsion and anxiety and stress over knowing that someone near him has lied and this visceral need and compulsion to correct the error out loud immediately... Unable to help himself even when it is against his own best interest. Yeah. That's, I think, part of what makes this cross the line from kind of weird thing he's decided to do himself into something that's can kind of be like a type of mental self-harm. A, It's a maladaptive behavior or it's it's an adaptive behavior for a very very particular context to fix a very specific thing and then as soon as he's out of his bubble of socializing at parties <laughs> it is maladaptive it is yeah. maladaptive it was not made for this and then it hurts him
1: yeah i mean i almost look at this like his is surgical but this is a real life
0: yeah there are there are people who who do this as a choice they try and practice radical honesty like
1: well, that's not even what I was gonna like there are people who feel a need, whether it is an intentional choice or whether it's a compulsion that they have to make sure that everyone else around them is correct. Oh yeah. And and I'm not gonna give specific diagnoses that like you know tend to have those or whatever, but there are there are people who, quite literally the way their brain is wired, it is difficult to look at something and say well, that thing is wrong, and I know it's wrong, and to leave it alone.
0: Yeah. With Aya and social anxiety, and by social anxiety, we mean anxiety about social rankings and interactions, not... Anxiety of being around people, but anxiety related to people in society. Mm-hmm. In this city, social currency is very literal. Um, merits are c- a kind of currency that you can earn through measurable means, like um, doing schoolwork if you're still a kid, uh Baby caring child care, caring for literally, yeah, like. equivalent of babysitting Um, once you're an adult you can earn merits through going to work and doing your job
1: I think volunteering for social things too oh
0: yeah volunteering Uh, and then face rank is a social ranking where every number spot is only occupied by one person at a time and that's determined by recent mentions of you by other people and that isn't quite a currency, but the higher your rank, the higher your allowance for different things at any one time, like having
1: carbon. Sure. Okay, I can actually give a, a real-life analog to that. Face rank is as though every single profile on Twitter was ranked 1 to infinity. And your number went higher, the more ats mentions, reblogs, likes, the more interactions with your profile that existed. So like, like, and, and it's so it's though so as though these profile on Twitter, and, and for the sake of this analogy, you and every single human being can only have one profile, which is not really true in real life, but pretend. Um, and so the profile with the single greatest number of, um, retweets, likes, um, mentions, comments, all combined in the last however long their time frame is for this, which really feels like it's about 24 hours. It does seem to be a day, yes. Yeah. Uh, would be at the number 1 slot and then somebody who has close to 0 would be at the like millionth slot or whatever. Um and the only difference is this is not a uh this is not a totally virtual thing because this in in this book it's connected to literally anything ever. You can if you say someone's name out loud, they get a point. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, anywhere that the s- Anywhere that the city can pick it up, basically. There are places yeah.
1: where it can't. Yeah. So um, you have to try for those. Yeah, you have to work real hard to get there. Uh, so it's it's verbal, it's written, it's typed, it's interactions with feeds, it's, it's literally anything. Um, yeah. But that would be the, that's the, you know, what if that were in our real world. Uh, Mm -hmm. So imagine like the number one Twitter user who gets the most amount of other people interacting with their profile can just snap their fingers and get whatever they want prefabricated for them at no cost. Whereas someone who only has, you know, a couple reblogs and like one follower, they get food and basic necessities. And maybe they get new clothes sometimes. (laughs) Like it's kind of it's like that.
0: Yeah, no one's in danger of starving or losing housing or clothes or something. But you you, and um, Is in particular is can be socially isolated and uncomfortable because her rank isn't as high as she wants it to be. And she doesn't want to still associate with the other uglies in her dorm. Yeah, she wants to be part of this thing. And she's not famous enough yet. Right. With Aya, particularly, she doesn't even have a group of friends. She doesn't have even a, one close friend when the book starts. She has her brother and her brother's friend, and Moggle, her hover cam, which in the book sounds like a recent addition <laughs> and was. Um, heavily modified by her brother's friend and sounds like she had to save up for a very long time to be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and there's this quote that really captures kind of what's going on. It's like a really good um kind of snapshot of the social anxiety that is part of the system.
1: Well, we should we should set up a little okay, we should sure. set up a little bit that quote because there is a this quote comes after <clears throat> There is a point where she just doesn't have Moggle there for various plot reasons that I don't want to give away. Mm-hmm. And she is so used to having this this digital counterpart with her. This this eye in the sky, this camera, this that feeds directly to her retinas. She's so used to having this this mm-hmm. outside literally camera view outside perspective of something wherever she needs to see better all the time that she loses this thing temporarily and then says this quote but this quote also very much encapsulates that that feeling of social isolation it's both
0: yeah so this is when she is uh well she's talking to the sly girls You sly girls don't cry when you watch the big face parties on the feeds just because you weren't invited. You don't stay friends with people you hate just to bump your face rank. And even though nobody knows what you're doing out here, you don't feel invisible at all, do you? Fame is radically stupid, that's all. So I want to try something else. And then to herself, we have... The strange thing was it hadn't even felt like lying. Um because she is giving this speech for plot specific reasons Mm -hmm. and the particular examples she picks, they have the feel of being things that she has definitely done. Mm -hmm. Like she has been friends with people she doesn't like, just to try and be famous. And I don't know, it's it's a very powerful quote in context and i like i like the just juxtaposition um where it (laughs) looking back at our our previous topic uh she is she's saying it to deceive them but
1: i don't know it i think i think perception like social perception is such a a theme of this book Mm -hmm. like whether you care about it or don't like our, our first topic is about someone who modified them, their own brain cosmetically, surgically, to not put up a front, <laughs> to be honest. It was It was them kind of pushing back mm-hmm. against their own inclination to to be perceived a certain way, and basically said, "You know what? Actually no, I want to be I want to be completely, literally, brutally honest with no exceptions." So I'm going to alter my brain, so I have to be, to fight back about this thing.
0: But even then, part of how it works... Even then, part of how it works, like, is for that reputation and that, like, to meet this social thing, because... Oh, he...
1: I mean, he definitely got the reputation boost off of it, but that's not the reason he gave. Well,
0: no, I just... I want to address with the social anxiety and reputation I wanted to mention like the the group that formed around him like he did this thing to stop himself from lying constantly and hurting people because he didn't know how not to but as it relates to the social stuff a group formed around him of other people who also got this thing and are practicing radical honesty and what I was going to say is the only reason that that works is because he has a reputation for yeah no longer being able to lie and so people form this group around him because they also want that and we're not following that group. yeah so we, we don't, don't get know to what yeah. extent <clears throat> whether all of them have this thing or whether they're just trying to practice radical honesty. but given how easy it is to get surgery, they probably all have this thing.
1: It's very likely but- yeah.
0: And, and I it is like,
1: it there's but then there's this thing with Aya where she has to kind of so she starts out like almost examining herself by accident because she's trying to fit in with this group and this group is is just doesn't care doesn't want like, to be part of that social strata intentionally and she's trying to you know get the scoop on them and fit in and and get the story to boost her own ranking and then she starts saying these things to fit in and goes you know what actually yeah no this is kind of awful and i kind of maybe maybe i really actually do believe some of the things that i'm saying and maybe it would be nice if we could just exist without having to to worry about our reputation 24 7 and not and when i say reputation i don't mean negative or positive i mean just people talking about you at all yeah. um negative negative comments that say your name earn just as much social credit as positive comments in this
0: we do meet someone who's kind of a professional troll like part yeah. of what he does is like this book doesn't have the term troll because i don't think it was mainstream when this yeah. was written but it have someone where part of what they do is say divisive and controversial things and it has them in the top 20 of a city of about a million people yeah um it's working pretty well for him. Yeah. And with. I think That's all. I did have one last thought. Oh. I'm trying to see if I can get it back. Oh, I, I would say I'd push back a little bit on saying that they don't care about rank in the Sly Girls. I would say they care about their rank being low that. They are there, they care about being far down in the rankings and being socially yeah. invisible, if it's possible. Cause their leader, the one with several names,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, like says, Hey, you know, you've been talking about me where the city can hear my rank is no long, is like, you know, a thousand. I'm, <laughs> I- I'm, I'm edding- heading towards the top of the bottom thousand out of everybody. Uh, like, we need to fix this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it, and the book does call out, like, how you have um, this person who's super, super concerned about having a very, very low ranking. Inter- or very, like, being the millionth person. And then someone who is not in that city at all doesn't even know about this system and is kind of just accidentally number one because of a thing she did three years ago and she doesn't know the system exists at all and so I thought it was interesting that the person who was trying to be number one million or whatever Mm -hmm. is obsessed with the rankings and the person who just is number one didn't know they were a thing until she arrives partway through the book (laughs) I did like that that was very
1: good actually Mm -hmm. yeah you get these people that are trying so hard and then the person at number one has nothing to do with that system and doesn't care. It's great. Yeah.
0: Just didn't even know it was a thing and didn't get it, which is fine. But yeah, that is what I wanted to say, that I appreciate it. For Aya and Loss of Privacy...
1: Uh, so Real quick, before we start, I just want everyone to know that if you hear, like, a slightly high-pitched, odd, um, even sound in my background, uh, that is my cat snoring from a distance. And I don't actually know if it'll get picked up on Discord or not. Okay. And I don't think I can edit it out while I'm talking. Like, I don't think anywhere I'm talking it'll be edited out. So just heads up. That's Princess. She is, as our senior assistant editor, she is, she is napping on my feet and she snores with a very high-pitched Sound. Mm-hmm. So.
0: All right. As to the topic, uh, speaking of loss of privacy, princess can't even snore without everyone on the podcast knowing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> if it even gets picked up,
1: I don't <laughs> actually know.
0: Okay. So a little bit of real world context, just for timing. This book was published in 2007, which probably means it was written 2006 or earlier. Uh, the social media ecosystem in the real world was very different. That was... 13 years ago. That feels a little weird. Um, the social media e- ecosystem was very different. And it's uh, this connectedness and ability for ordinary people to be contacted and watched by strangers wasn't non-existent. The internet has been around for a while, but it wasn't mainstream uh, to the same degree. Like this was published in 2007. That's the same year Tumblr launched. Twitter had only been around for a year YouTube had been around for two years and Facebook had been around for three. Like, I know stuff like MySpace and things are earlier than that.
1: Yeah, the big mainstream social media monsters... Of our current landscape. ...that allow you to track individual profiles were just just coming into play. Yeah. And so
0: this... Like, reading this book now, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just how social media works. Wow, it's limited to one city? (laughs) That must be nice. Uh, (laughs) but it, this, to me, this feels not prescient, more like understanding what was currently happening in this really interesting way. And I appreciate this book now much more than I did when I originally read it. Um, so... With that, uh, when Aya's- we're discussing loss of privacy, and when someone's reputation uh, gets higher and their ranking number gets closer to one, they begin being bombarded with messages by
1: people they don't know. It is like if you on Tumblr could not turn off notifications on Notes on your post. It's
0: also like if Twitter you couldn't turn off notifications.
1: Like if you have 25 million notifications on one post and you will get that notification ping yep. forever. <laughs> and you have to oh, oh and you have to clear each notification individually and dismiss it. It yeah. is that.
0: Uh, she had an audio cue turned on for messages. Also, her <laughs> audio cue was part of her skin tenna, which means it's in her body. It's not a computer she walks away from. She'd had an mm-hmm. audio cue for her messages because it hadn't mattered before, and she had to turn that off before the sound, like, physically hurt her, and she hadn't thought of that. And I feel like her brother's kind of a jerk for not warning her hey you're about to become this famous on purpose you should turn off your audio
1: cue i don't know that he would have known that she had an audio cue necessarily oh uh,
0: i yeah i just i i feel like she didn't need to have that in the narrative
1: i would just put it this way I, let me just put it this way I leave my phone on silent 24-7 forever unless I know somebody is going to try and get a hold of me very, very shortly and I need to hear it. And literally every time I hear someone's cell phone ringer in a public place, I am caught off guard. I wouldn't hmm. think to tell someone to silence their phone in it in most circumstances, unless I'm specifically at a rehearsal or a practice with children.
0: More broadly, I wish that her brother had given like a heads up, like, hey, you want to do this? These are going to be some of the things... But that would have made for a less interesting book. So that's fine. I just...
1: I I think it makes total sense that he would not have thought of it.
0: It makes sense. It just, you know, doesn't help me like him, which is fine. That's not the point. Anyway. (laughs) I I mean, that's fair. Like, so, uh, speaking of like with loss of privacy. So she has two big losses of privacy in this book. One that she sought... And one that she was not trying to have at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. The main one that she was trying to have was she wanted to be talked about, but apparently she didn't realize that that was going to mean paparazzi. Yeah. Because she she was just... like she wanted to get into the 10,000s. Like her brother was still trying to get into 1,000 and hadn't managed it yet. It doesn't seem like at the start of the book her ambitions even went that high. She just no. wanted to get out of like the hundred thousands to the 10 and get to the 10,000s. Yeah. And so she was not emotionally prepared for being swarmed by paparazzi drones and cameras and everything. Uh, And the other thing with the loss of privacy that to her was more personal was that her own um, device, Moggle, was interfered with Mm -hmm. so that someone else's voice came out of it and its behavior was modified. And so this device that she cared about so much, like, she, it has he has a name and gendered language like that's how like intimate this device is for her um it kind of he kind of betrays her because someone else hijacked him and put their own tech onto him and when earlier in the book she has to navigate the world for a while without him she says that she feels unreal without him recording her life, like a dream whatever happened would all be gone tomorrow morning. And so we have this, like, thing where she doesn't, she's not ready for all the cameras to be on her, but she also doesn't feel complete without her camera on her.
1: Yeah, there's very much a a, a consensual boundary crossed there, where, like, she's she's fully, fully comfortable with, like, her own camera that she's in charge of, that she you know, is the one manipulating, but not with everyone else's cameras. And also when her camera is interfered with that crosses that boundary. And it's, it's an issue. Yeah. It's this, I mean, <laughs> that. I mean, that's really the heart of the heart of this is that she, she has those boundaries crossed and she's not prepared for that at all.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It makes me think of people who like, they accidentally go viral because of a tweet, but it's in like a negative way. And mm-hmm. It, it it definitely does feel a little bit like that because in this she becomes famous by breaking this story and then immediately gets a message that makes her think that someone maybe is going to like she doesn't say that she's worried about them coming and killing her but the person mm-hmm. who messages her is worried that someone might come and kill her
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so then she f- does find this out. Uh, and so like, uh, just just the way that everything's stripped away and she loses, yeah, she loses this this kind of bubble of like personal space and the ability to control the narrative around her. And she eventually acclimatizes, but that initial shock that is the main, like the middle third I'd say of the book is all about that. Sorry if we're a bit rambly for this one. It's very nebulous.
1: We had this discussion when we were doing our, our setup, where if this was the first book in the series, we would not even the series would not have made our list. And it's just the fourth book with a lot more kind of social reflective commentary and less actual straight up things that are happening to characters it's a lot more just kind of observing people that are functioning in a in a a different setup (laughs) and it's
0: hard when in our current reality in 2020 the version of this that really happens to people is worse Than Mm -hmm. the sci-fi version that was dreamt up over a decade ago. Yes. And that, since we usually talk about magical or sci-fi analogs for trauma, reality having outpaced the fictional analog makes it a little bit tricky to talk about. And it makes this feel quaint in this (laughs) weird way.
1: Like, oh, only a million people? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Well, sure. Yeah.
0: Like a million people being worried about what we're doing or listening to the podcast. Like that would be, that would be huge and overwhelming, but it would also (laughs) be like, it would be a marker of success the same way it would be for her. The population of half a U.S. Right. It'd be like half or a third of some U.S. cities. It's like, it's very, it's very different. So
1: I, I honestly think that this, this, So a lot of these things feel less traumatic because they are more normal to our day to day. Yeah. So like, I i feel like if we were having a conversation about this book back in like 2003, this it was
0: published in 2007. We could have had a conversation in 2008, or are you time traveling the book? Wait, what? This book didn't exist in 2003. But I
1: mean, that doesn't matter. If this book existed as is, and we were having this conversation in two thousand three, okay, yeah, this like a lot of these things would be like, whoa, that's stressful and horrific and awful. But now that it doesn't really read that way, it reads as more as just like a very invasive form of of things that we have. Yeah, even if we don't, you know, judge our our actual ability to function on 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 fame the way that that this book does. I mean, I mean, it is kind of wild as a podcast to look at it and go, you know, we're like not strictly doing the same thing, but like, no, we do actually want Twitter likes. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like we do actually want that, that interaction that she is going after in this book, even if it's a different setup. Um, And it doesn't mean the same thing.
0: Yeah. Like we want to talk to our audience and, we do look at our download numbers and it, you know, makes us excited and yeah. happy to see when people from, uh, like different countries no. and different states that haven't listened before are listening. Yeah. And that's really cool. And so, like, like I get that, no. but also yeah. it would be very anxiety inducing if you made your very first Twitter account as soon as you were able to and discovered that you were ranked. One billion and six. Like, because
1: so much of the planet is on Twitter and you... <laughs> yeah. Like... Oh. Oh, yeah. No, if, if Twitter if Twitter had the kind of social ranking... Oh, that'd be so terrible. Data, data ranking system, I honestly think it would be less... I, I would be soothed because it would be like, okay, well, you know, like, we're in the same boat as these other people, so let's reach out to them. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I would... I would use it, I would feel like it would be like a, I don't know. I have a quantification for my
0: insignificance. That, like, in a weird way, that could be soothing.
1: Yeah, that's almost reassuring. But it, but it, it, it would definitely be the kind of thing where, like, like we do, I mean, we don't have, you know, cameras in our eyes that let us look at our Podbean statistics. But I, I look at the Podbean statistics at least once a week. And I think Robin looks daily. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, because I don't think I've ever asked Robin what our stats are and had them go, well, I haven't looked in over 24 hours. Like, that, I don't think that's ever happened <laughs> since we started
0: this. No, I, I mean, little, like, inside the podcast, like, I use our stats to know, like, if what I'm doing to try and reach out to people and, like, if our, like, social media strategies are working, like, I see that in our downloads.
1: yeah. And, and so it's really kind of funny to, to read a book like this and, and this main character gets, gets anxiety over this and we're looking at, at not this, again, not the same thing, not quantified within the same way at all, but we look at numbers. We look at, I, I guess, reputation points, like people, a, a list, a number of people who know about us and talk about us and talk to us and interact with our stuff. And we want that number to grow in the same way that she wants her reputation points to grow. But it's not because we want to be the person who is famous, but because it's literally just because we're trying to share our, our things out there. But also, she is a, I mean, she's a, a I don't know, a reporter. She she literally puts she's together a- news bites. Like, that's her hobby, is like independently sourced <laughs> like i like i don't know what the there isn't really a good blogger she's basically a blogger she's a blogger yeah she's a video blogger and so like in the in the fictional analogy she is doing a similar thing to what we are she is picking topics that she thinks are important that people know about like that's how she chooses her topics there are other people out there who make videos about what they're going to wear that day and her topics have are never about her Like she did a topic about graffiti in a sewer. Like she's not Uh doing she's not doing things that are focused on her. She does things that are focused on other people, and she does things that she thinks are important. We literally have a podcast about aspects of books that we think are underlooked and, or or, I'm sorry, overlooked and are important that need to be put out there. So it's it's very hard to look at this book and go, oh yeah, that was traumatic. When comparatively to the rest of the series, really most characters are fine.
0: But also, if something happened, and we put out an episode, and we had a million downloads overnight, and people were sending letters to our houses, that oh, just just all of a sudden, sudden, oh yeah,
1: no, that would be a a, lot. That would be too much, and I wouldn't happen. I would, I would open zero letters for a week and a half just because I needed to work up like the emotional energy to do it.
0: Oh, no, that would be so stressful. Like, so that's part of why we've categorized this as a trauma. Because it's, this book is full of, yes, this person was trying to get there, but when they got there, it wasn't what they expected. And I feel like (laughs) that's definitely a theme.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey there, nerd. Do you run games of Dungeons & Dragons, play the Good sweet game, or want to but have no idea where to start? Well come on over and listen to Crit Chat, a DD and d advice podcast with a rotating cast of experienced DMs just waiting to give you all the best tips and tricks to make your games of Dungeons & Dragons the very best they can be. From how to run a campaign for first-time players to which monster in the manual is the most dateable, we've got it all. Find us by searching Crit Chat on your favorite podcast app or under podcasts on iTunes. Warning, Chat is obligated to talk about goblins at least once per episode. Anyone listening to this podcast may experience feelings of desire towards them and many other fantasy creatures, including but not limited to centaurs, satyrs, the inevitable, flumps, various golems, thrycreen, animated armor, shield guardians, cadaver collectors, any and all demons, and, if you're kinky, the rug of smothering.
0: This month, we'd like to welcome our new supporter on Patreon, Les Represent Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you would like to join Les Represent Podcast in keeping the show going, you can check us out on patreon.com books that burn. Thank you. Ready for the wrap up and ratings for the gratuity rating for compulsion. I feel like it's the highest point is severe. It spends a very, very long time, like, mild. Mm. Like, it's got long stretches of being, like, mild where, like, we know it's a thing.
1: Yeah. But
0: we don't see it. But I think it needs to be classed as severe because of the most dramatic presentation.
1: That's fair. Okay. Um. Social anxiety. I'm going to say moderate. Yeah. A constant theme. Mm-hmm. It's a constant, consistent theme that I'm sure. If you have social anxiety, it would probably hit you harder than it would me. I I have no anxiety over situations. That is not a thing that happens to me. My brain kind of categorizes things as either like worth it, like worth the effort, or not. But I don't get anxious or like I, that. Just doesn't happen to me. Um, so.
0: No, I, I, as, as a an relatively anxious person, no, this is definitely, moderate feels appropriate for this. Okay. Uh, loss of privacy. It's weird, because I think this was meant to be severe.
1: I think it was, too. It, it made our, it made the bottom of our, or bottom, the third topic slot in, in our, our um our terms of escalation because of the way it was the way we kind of read it
0: so i think the best way to say this one in a non-spoiler way because you know in a non-spoiler sense you know that we are discussing loss of privacy it is loss of privacy that has some analog to losses of privacy that are possible in our real world social media yeah and it feels like it was written to be severe, but our real life social media version is so much more extreme than the version depicted here. Yeah. I think the book is heading for severe, but it's probably going to feel closer to moderate.
1: I think if we had a fifth book in the series, that was a second book in this series, With these characters, this one would be fully, fully severe. I think it would, I think it would ramp up, but I agree. Moderate, moderate for now.
0: To a reader now in this decade, I think it's moderate. I think it was meant to be severe when it was written in 2007. Yes. Yeah. So, which makes that a little bit of a weird one. All right. Is the trauma integral, interchangeable, or irrelevant for the compulsion?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you can. It's tell. fine. We we knew what the author was going for. <laughs> it was very it was very well written. It just reads differently, like thirteen years later.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh. Yeah. So, is the trauma integral, interchangeable, or irrelevant for the compulsion? It is integral. It. Eh, I
1: was gonna say interchangeable. Ooh. Okay. What's your argument for interchangeable? It's used in plot relevant ways, but those ways could have been achieved by other things. Um, ah okay and very easily and also like the only thing that I mean even like it's used I mean it's used in a way to to get the main character to kind of be introspective but also like even in the text that main character is introspective before that other character really is there like
0: I'm persuaded by your argument okay we can put interchangeable
1: It is used it's very used-
0: dramatically in a pivotal scene, yeah. but I agree that they could have done something different without too much disruption to the plot.
1: Yeah, like, I think it was very well done, but I definitely think it's interchangeable.
0: <laughs> also, kudos for having an interchangeable event that is so well done that looked like maybe it needed to be integral. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very, very nicely done, very smooth, very integrated.
0: For social anxiety,
1: it it is integral to the plot. Yeah, it is driving it just, the plot.
0: yeah. And the same also with the loss of privacy.-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um, certain elements of it perhaps are interchangeable, but as an overall theme with many specific items, I think it is integral.
1: Yeah. Because
0: you would have to swap out those social links, those loss of privacy things for other loss of privacy things. Yeah. Which is not how we have treated this ranking. No. Uh, Uh, Trauma treated with care. The compulsion.
1: I think it was. Yeah. We don't Um, have
0: ideation. No. So, yeah, definitely treated with care.
1: Uh, The social
0: anxiety.
1: I'm gonna defer to you on this. I, like, as I said, I don't experience this thing.
0: Okay. Um, I would say... It does seem like it's treated with care, I think. Somewhere between care and enough care. Uh, reading the book did not make me anxious. It more was a recognition of, like, oh, I know what that's like. Okay. And your mileage may vary uh but it's for most people it's probably going to be somewhere between care and enough care.
1: All right, let's put enough then to be safe. Okay, conservative. Loss of privacy. <laughs> I Okay, I'm going to argue that back in 2007 the answer would be enough, but in 2020 it's it's just, it's just care. care. Yeah, it's so much. Yeah. It's so much less visceral as a depiction than like my daily social media interactions.
0: Yeah, the notifications and I I've I don't voluntarily even have, have on. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Like I don't even have it wired to my brain, and I get more than yeah than than the, is depicted in this book.
0: Yeah, other than that one five minute thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my. Daily social media is has more interruptions than was depicted here because yeah, yeah.
1: Um So <laughs> viewpoint. Can't. I think everything is just Aya.
0: Yep, everything's Aya. Uh, occasionally, we have Aya accessing Moggle's feed,
1: which That's is always still lovely, just Aya, so. but it's it's Aya. Yeah, <laughs> I just
0: want to shout out Moggle because I I don't know I really like Moggle.
1: Because Moggle sounds like mogget. No, I'm just kidding. It is, because it's probably that loose a little bit.
0: Um, the aspiring writer tip:
1: Hmm. Hmm. Just be aware that if you do things that are supposed to be warnings and they have to do with technology, real life might outpace you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I but feel if, like that's just the life of being a sci-fi author. Yeah,
1: but but I, what I'm going to add on to that to make it a tip is just like, that doesn't mean that it's bad. And if you write it well, it's still going to be a very good story. Like, I really enjoyed this story. Yeah. I just looked at the things that were written to be traumatic to the characters and went, nah, that that sounds fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it still makes it a very good story. And I would just say like, like, just be aware that if you're writing something that is, has even a little bit of like a, like a trauma, a, a technological implications of trauma to your character, or where, where the existence of, of the way that the tech works is the thing that is supposed to be traumatic, um, just be aware that it's probably, it's equally as important to make it a good story as it is to make your point get across because, you know, events and tech will probably outpace your point at a certain at a certain point in history. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd say have your world be rich enough that the story can be self-contained, even if the warning has been outpaced. Yeah.
1: Yes. That's a good way to put that. That's a good way to put that. Because um, I, I definitely liked reading the story. I did not come away from this story going... Yeah. Oh no! I need to blah 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 with my Tumblr feed. <laughs> like, yeah. Um,
0: Favorite non-traumatic thing about the book? Uh, Moggle. I like Moggle. I promise you, it's not just because it sounds like Mogget.
1: Um. Yeah. No, I was just kidding. Um. Honestly. Sorry, dropped something. I I like getting a view of Tally from the outside. Oh, not in her head yeah Mm, I'm really glad that happened cool Um, is that all of our (laughs) things? is that everything? (laughs) okay yeah that's all the things yeah good talk no I'm just kidding
0: (laughs) catch you in a (laughs) fortnight yeah good good talk good non-anxious talk about anxiety (laughs) this is such a chill
1: episode (laughs) yeah it's fine
0: all right catch you in a fortnight All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with
1: permission. You can follow us on Twitter at Books That Burn, all one word. You can email us with questions, comments, or book recommendations at books that burn at yahoo.com. Support us on patreon.com slash books that burn. All patrons get access to our upcoming book list and receive a one-time shout out. You can leave us an iTunes review, this helps people to find the show. And find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for for listening. We'll be back in two weeks.